Hey, we told you we're going to be talking a lot about Pop Warner this week. It is his, his birthday on April 5th, and we have Timothy P. Brown is going to be talking about Pop Warner's brother, Bill, and some great football history associated with him. Coming up in just a moment as some football archaeology with Timothy P. Brown. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to Tuesday and going on the archaeological dig into football history with our friend Timothy P. Brown of FootballArchaeology.com. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the Pig Pen. Hey, Darren. Thank you. Looking forward to talking about the Warner Brothers, not the cartoon guys. Oh boy, I was, I was getting ready my Bugs Bunny stuff out to, to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> well, you can you can use it if you want. I'm just <laughs> that's not what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I came to the wrong show. All right, no, but uh, your your topic is much more interesting than the Warner Brothers that make film and cartoons. We're talking uh, about some great innovators in football and uh, the Warner Brothers uh, of the football coaching and playing days of, of early uh, 20th century. So uh, you have a topic that you talked about. February 6th was your tidbit. And you're actually talking about, uh, you know, Pop Warner, uh, his brother, Bill, who's a little bit lesser known. And it's a, it's a great and interesting story that we'd love to have you share with us. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I kind of always liked the, um, the brother, you know, combinations. I mean, you know, there's a number of brothers that are, uh, or, and even cousins who are active, especially in coaching, you know, nowadays, but, uh, who've been, you know, very successful, but, um, and as a kid growing up, you know, Hank Aaron and his brother, Tommy were, you know, a brother combination that I think maybe still hold the record for most home runs by a set of brothers, but anyways. Um, so, but this is one where like, um, you know, Pop Warner, everybody knows Pop Warner, you know, even even if you don't really know much about him or, you know, you're just barely a fan because of his influence on, you know, the youth football Pop Warner uh, side of things. <clears throat> even somebody who ignores football history is going to have heard his name in all likelihood. But so, you know, uh, so Pop was the older brother. And, um, you know, they grew up in Western New York state and they end up going to cornell so both of them went to cornell both were linemen and um you know bill was considered you know a pretty big guy or i, I should say pop was considered a pretty big guy but bill was bigger and he was better he was uh first team all-american uh his senior year and then he graduates from from cornell and as was fairly common at the time the preceding year's captain coached the next year's team and so he, he, you know, he graduated in, in, uh, in 03 from Cornell and then coached in the fall of 03. Um, and so then he, you know, I don't know exactly how it worked out, but 
for one reason or other, he left Cornell, but at the same time, his brother was leaving, um, who had coached Cornell previously. His brother was coming back to Cornell from Carlisle. You know, so he did, you know, pop coach Cornell twice and Carlisle twice, you know, two different stints. So anyways, Bill leaves and his brother comes in. And so Bill then um, goes to Sherman Institute, which was a, you know, they call them Indian schools um, out in California. Uh, For 04, he's at North Carolina in 05. He was at Colgate for 06 and 07. He goes back to Sherman in 08, goes to St. Louis University in 09, and then he's at Oregon, Oregon in 1910 and 1911. So, you know, back then, a lot of coaches um, had full-time jobs. They, you know, they, they weren't on campus. Um, you know, part of the reason they were only there for at any given school for a year was, you know, they just, they got hired for one year and then they'd go back to whatever they did. So both of them, you know, lawyered up, you know, during the, uh, during the off season. Um, and, but, you know, interestingly, both of them had connections at the, at Indian schools, right? I mean, they were both Cornell, both the Indian schools, but Bill never had a Jim Thorpe playing for him. So, uh, you know, he, he didn't, uh, didn't get quite the notoriety of, of pop and Bill, I think also just, you know, he kind of got out of coaching a little bit earlier, um, you know, pop worked forever, but, um, and then, you know, so the story then, you know, so he was, Bill stayed out in Oregon and, you know, basically was a lawyer in a, in a town, uh, out there. And then for, you know, for whatever reason in 1917, he ends up picking up at another Indian school, Chemoa, um, which is, you know, over on the, he was living in more towards Eastern Oregon and he ended, ended up Chemoa's over on the West side of the state. Um, and, you know, they, they had been, a you know, um, they used to play a lot of, uh, you know, college teams, um, you know, the, the Northwest especially didn't have that many colleges. So, you know, there were, but some pretty good um, athletic clubs like Multnomah. Um, and then during the war, because this is 1917, there were all kinds of military bases that they, you know, that they could play um, or even national guard units, you know, whatever it was. So that's kind of who they played. Um, but, you know, he coached this Indian team again and um, he ends up with a, a one, two and three record which, you know, you don't have those too, too much anymore. <laughs> and, I, you know, I think they scored like 25 points a whole season or something like that, um, you know, because they had a couple of nothing, nothing shutouts. Um, but then he just went back and, uh, you know, his brother was, Pop was still coaching. Uh, you know, he'd left Carlisle and gone to Pitt. He was at Pitt for a long time. And um, so then uh, Pop had he left Pitt after the 23 season and took over at Stanford. So then Bill at least had the opportunity to work with his brother a little bit. You know, all he really did was he scouted when he would scout like the Oregon, Oregon state, Montana, Washington, Washington state, you know, those teams, um, he, he would scout them for, you know, for Bill and for Stanford. So, you know, he kept his, kept himself in football, at least from say 24 to 32. Well, while Bill was was on the West Coast. But the other thing that's just kind of interesting about it was that 
It's just Chimawa is still open. You know, it's a, and mm-hmm. it's the longest serving um, school dedicated to educating North American or Native Americans. So wow. it's, it's, it's now just a, uh, just a high school. Um, you know, back even like Carlisle was this real mix of kind of, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the emphasis tended to be on like trades and manual arts and things like that. And um, so they had, uh, they, they covered kind of both high school and college curricula. And that was pretty typical of the, you know, Haskell in Kansas was the same kind of way. You know, a lot, a lot of the Indian schools, you know, had that kind of a, had that kind of a curriculum. So, uh, but anyways, they, you know, they played some def- decent football and, Bill helped him, led him to a one, two, and three record, which, <laughs> like I said, got to give him credit for that because, you know. Yeah, you don't hear that. I don't think I've ever heard of a coach having a one, two, and three record or any <laughs> team. That's uh, amazing for football, uh, especially, you know, six games have three ties, uh, but a different game back in that era. Yeah. Now, now I have, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Bill and Pop got to play a professional season or at least like a few games together on the same team they had uh for for two years back in 1902 1903 and in the first year 1902 they had the world series of football which was a an indoor game at madison square garden sort of during the holidays to uh you know help with festivities and the the manager of the Madison square garden wanted to make a couple bucks and, you know, put some fannies in the seats to have some revenue coming in. So they had this world series of football. So they invited like four or five teams and they were trying to get in 1902. There was the original NFL, which was a, a three team league of, uh, you know, two from Pittsburgh or two from Philadelphia for the, the baseball teams, the athletics and the, the Phillies each had a, a football team sponsored. And there was a team from Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh stars. And they were trying to get those teams to come in, but they, they wouldn't, uh, they, they couldn't make it. So it's, they were members of those teams that went to this uh, world series of football. So this, the, the Philadelphia athletics actually uh, with a team they formed, they made it be the New York Philadelphians. It's been called or the New York, you know, the New York team, they call it. And they were sort of the favorites. They want everybody to root for that because it was in New York City. And they thought they were just going to dominate this thing, everybody involved with it. Well, a team from Syracuse, uh, an all-star team from Syracuse, which had both Pop and Bill Warner on that team, came in and ended up uh, winning the tournament. They beat New York in like the second round and, you know, just uh, went on from there. But Pop ended up getting hurt in, in one of those early games. I think it might have been a game against the, the New York Philadelphians. And uh, a, a guy that, uh, for the, so for the next game, uh, Syracuse was sort of scrambling to try to find a tackle because, you know, like we talked about, uh, you know, before tackles were very important at that time. And that's what Pop was. And so they got uh, from the New York team that lost, they got Blondie Wallace, who was a, a sort of an enigma figure of early professional football. <laughs> He ended up playing for Syracuse after losing with New York. So, but uh, it was great to, to see that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know Pop played on that team. I'm pretty sure Bill did too on that 1902 uh, World yeah. Series football team. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. Now, you know, he he would still have been in college, you know, at mm-hmm. the time, right? Um, so you know, who know, you know, who knows if he played under his own name or or an assumed name or how it worked? But I, I think I, it's I in the paper. Hearing about it. 
I think it's in the newspapers yeah. as he has it down as his name, you know, and it, you know, of course, Glenn Warner okay, for, for cool. Pop Warner. So, yeah. So interesting The you know, you think about them in the coaching realm, but they were pretty, pretty big time players too, back in that day too. Yeah. Uh, before their coaching. Well, and, and Pop was not the most financially responsible man. <laughs> he had some gambling issues. So he, yeah. uh, he probably needed a couple of extra bucks somehow, you know, playing in this, playing in that, uh, in the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort, sort of a programming note. Um, we are going to try to have something special, uh, chasing down, uh, Good friend of the program, uh, Jeffrey Miller, uh, authors wrote a bunch of different books. Uh, he wrote a book on Pop Warner, and uh, for April fifth is Pop Warner's birthday. We're trying to get put together a nice little episode where Jeff comes on. We pay tribute to, to Pop Warner, uh, but in Jeff's book, something I didn't realize it sort of starts off. Uh, they grew up. The brothers grew up in Springville. The whole family was there in Springville, which is sort of southeast of Buffalo, and they all of a sudden packed up when. Uh, pop was of high school age like early high school age and they moved to texas and so they had a big ranch down there and the, the boys worked on the farm and that's how they got big and big and strong i guess from doing the, the ranching work is what uh, jeff attributes it to in the story and uh they pop came back to new york to visit some buddies uh during probably right before thanksgiving time and uh the guys got him involved in playing some football and uh, he was having a good time doing that and get making a couple bucks. And he told his father, he, you know, wired back and said, Hey, I need, I need some money because I uh, want to stay up here. And he's like, and your father's like, what do you want to stay up there for? So he had to make up an excuse. He said, cause I want to go to school. I want to become a lawyer. You always want me to become a lawyer. So the father sends him money. He has some more fun with it. And he's like, Oh crap, I can't go back to my dad and tell him that. So he went and entered into Cornell's law school. That's how I ended up going to college. So that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> he did a few other things where, like, he, his first year coaching, uh, he was coaching both Iowa State and uh, Auburn because <laughs> uh, because they're started. right next to each other, uh, geographically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an easy commute, <laughs> and uh, but you know, he he basically he coached. Iowa State from like uh, mid-August till towards the end of September and then moved down to Auburn where he kind of had his primary contract, I guess. And, but there's a story in there where like, you know, he did continue, you know, by telegram he coached Iowa State, but at some point he took, took Iowa State out to like Montana to, to Butte and they, he gambled away his salary on the (laughs) outcome of the game and, you know, didn't sound like it was a fair match, but one way or another, he lost his money. <laughs> so he had to he had to keep coaching both places in order to make up for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some interesting rabbit hole stories you can go down to with the uh, legends of the game, like uh, Pop Warner and, and Bill Warner too. So definitely, we could uh, talk all day about them. There's some some great interesting things, but uh, yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll have more on, on Pop here on some of these. I'm sure some more footballarchaeology.com visits and. Uh, Hopefully with Jeff Miller too on uh, April fifth. Yeah, so, well, the pop pop Warner thing sounds fun. That'll that'll be a great episode. Yeah, yeah, sure it will. Um, well, Tim, why don't you uh, share with us? You know, this this came out of one of your tidbits. It comes out each and every day at about seven p.m. Eastern. Uh, why don't you share with us how the listeners how they too can get involved and in, and in be reading your tidbits each and every day? Sure. Uh, just 
you know, go to the, uh, so my site is footballarchaeology.com. You just got to make sure you spell archaeology correctly. A-R-C-H-A-E-O-L-O-G-Y. And then, um, you know, so if you, if you subscribe, you'll get an email every, every night at seven Eastern with the story, that day's story. But you can also just go to the site anytime you want. You know, you can search for by topic to find old articles. Um, and if you're not, you know, if you prefer not to get an email uh, every night, you can also follow me on Twitter at Football Archaeology. And um, so anyways, you can subscribe. You can just hit the site whenever you want to, or you can follow me on, on Twitter. It's definitely worth the while to take that uh, 10 seconds to sign up for it because it's uh, fantastic and you'll have some great football information each and every day uh, at 7 p.m. So uh, I highly recommend it. So, Tim, thank you once again for joining us and uh, sharing your knowledge and your stories uh, from footballarchaeology.com and your tidbits and uh, for joining us. Hey, very good. Thank you once again and look forward to seeing you and talking next week. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.